This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 118, Pretty is Powerful. You know that feeling you get when your skin is glowing, your eyes are bright, and you feel great in your body? In today's episode, we are going to focus on what makes you feel pretty and how you can take your inner confidence to the next level. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Whether this is our first time meeting or you have been a part of my tribe for some time now, one thing that you may not know about me is that I am super passionate about all things wellness. I have a master's degree in health and fitness promotion, and I've been a health educator for over 20 years. I am one of those people who thinks working out is fun, and I feel great when I eat healthfully, and I don't feel so great when I don't. But I love, 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 love my skincare routine, and dental hygiene is an absolute must. (laughs) So today I want to talk to you about something that is probably familiar to most of you, but I want to share it from the perspective that what we, what may have worked for us in the past or during one time in our life may not work for us now. So remember when you were younger and you didn't really focus on necessarily what you were eating, the the ingredients, nutritional aspects of it, or how much you were exercising because your metabolism was at its highest, at its prime. Or, you know, think about skincare. You would use the soap that you were using to wash your body (laughs) with, you would use that on your face. And then when you'd lotion your body, you would just use the same lotion and that would become your face moisturizer as well, right? You know what I'm talking about. I remember when I was in high school, even in college, I used to use something called Seabreeze and I thought I was doing something with my skincare. And then I went to grad school, became a health and fitness passionate person and a wellness enthusiast and self-care became a priority as well as encouraging others to improve their quality of life. This became my sole focus. It became a, a passion, even a habit. So today I want to talk about five major things that I've learned that I learned early on in my life, in my 20s and 30s, that I see have made a huge difference in my life today at 50. And so number one, listen to your body. 
you have to develop a strong relationship with your body. It's similar to any successful relationship. The, this being the Wife Wisdom Podcast, we, we have to make relationships or we desire to make relationships with other women in sisterhood, but also with ultimately our husband, right? And then eventually children. And so with your body, it's just as important to create a successful or cultivate a successful relationship. And it's so it's important to spend time with your body, meaning don't just go through the motions, but it's important to be present, to pay attention to your body, to listen to what she is saying and respond lovingly and accordingly. So how many of us have tried to do what our 20-year-old body did on our 40-year-old something body, (laughs) right? I remember when I stayed up for 24 hours, I was in my 40s. Now I could do that and bounce back pretty well when I was in college, but um, in my 40s, (laughs) I did it. And thought, oh, yeah, no, I've done this before. Like I needed to stay up. It was no big deal. Well, I was stumbling around. I was dizzy. I was running into the walls and I was a mess for several days. Now, I used to compete in triathlons and I ran a few marathons. And I thought, you know, even after babies, I should be able to do the same thing like I did before babies. I taught aerobics for 10 years and I used to teach a 60 minute all abs class. My abs were my favorite part of my body and I could hold a plank for two minutes. I used to teach a class and would always just even do a competition with the students to see if there would it could be anybody who could hold a plank longer than me or a wall sit longer than me. I could do a wall sit for almost four minutes. And I was in the best shape of my life. You know, you know that time where we wish we could hold on to it for the rest of our lives. Yes. Well, I remember having Sky, my firstborn, and three months after that, I tried It probably was not even three months. It was more probably like three weeks. Three weeks after having Sky, I tried to do a plank and I couldn't even hold it for five seconds. I was completely mortified. I was shocked because literally before, even during pregnancy, I was able to do planks and hold it. It was, I was super strong. And then three weeks later, I was, I could barely hold a plank devastated. And so what I learned and being a really strong woman, I used to teach, I was a personal trainer. I used to teach aerobics, several classes a day, Zumba instructor. I remember even having a personal trainer. I bench pressed 130 pounds. And when I did it, he ran around me so excited. He's like, do it again. And I did it again. Like I did it twice. And he was, he couldn't believe it because most women cannot bench press 130 pounds. This is just to give you a visual of how strong I was. And then I had three babies in three years and still was able to get back and, you know, still teach and, you know, get to a place where I was really loving and enjoying my strength and and body. And then I hit menopause or perimenopause and everything changed. And so listening to your body is something that I've learned over several decades over the years 
that I wish I had listened to my body or I had learned to develop a healthy, happy, loving relationship with my body way earlier on in my life, as opposed to waiting till my 40s to really learn my body or listen to my body, I should say, and offer it lots and lots of love and lots and lots of grace. I did not do that very well when I was younger, as many of us women don't. And we learn to be more graceful and more gracious with our bodies when we get older. So one of the things that I wish that I had learned in my 20s that I know would make a big difference as you get older is listening to your body. Develop a healthy relationship with your body and offer it a lot of grace. Number two, nurture your body for the long term. So in graduate school, I, I, I have a master's in health promotion, health and fitness promotion. And one of the things that my specialty was women and obesity. And so I used to teach a lot of classes on um, eating healthy and losing weight. And, you know, many people, I've, I've probably tried every single diet out there, which was probably part of the the issue to begin with, because I didn't know any better, right? So then when I went to school and I learned um, how to really eat better and learn more of the physiological, you know, get the physiological knowledge about your body and how it works. And, you know, then it, it got to a place where it was, it felt more like cookie cutter, right? Where calories in, calories out. Well, yep, that worked really well when, you know, I was in my 20s and 30s and, you know, maybe even to a little bit into my 40s. But as I moved into perimenopause, things drastically changed. You know, you can't really eat the same way. You know, even when you exercise, it doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing. <laughs> you know, you're not as strong, you're not as fast. And you think that you should be, right? Because sometimes when you look in the mirror, you don't really see the age your physiological age, but nurturing your body for the long term is something that I just luckily, and I think with God's grace have, have really learned to do fairly young where, you know, I really could feel a difference in my body when I would not eat healthfully than when I would, when I would eat fruits and vegetables and whole foods and not processed foods. And so those things that I learned in graduate school 20 something years ago, um, you know, it's something that really stuck to me and stuck with me. And so, you know, we, we hear about the good foods and the bad foods, and it gets so overwhelming, to say the least, to figure out what's best to eat and what's harmful to your health. And, you know, we eat things that we think are good for us, and then later we find out they aren't. And then we, you know, it's like all of these different, different, we're just totally bombarded with information. And so after years of trying to figure out what was the best for the for my body and to be able to get the results that I wanted I come I came to realize that when you are in a really healthy relationship with your body it is so much easier to give your body what it needs so I've been through that whole journey of depriving your body through dieting through you know fasting and you know a ton of other methods right and it's all a setup to fail, really. And so learning how to listen to your body and offer kindness is, 
is really the best thing that I've learned. And one of the ways that I would do that is through a hunger scale. I used to teach the hunger scale a lot in my classes. And the hunger scale is where you truly, you know, when you are born as a baby, or when you're born, of course, you're a baby. But babies, if you notice when they're full, what do they start to do? They start to stick their tongue out, they they push the, the they push the the spoon out of their mouth with their tongue. Like I'm full. I don't want it anymore. They turn their head. If it's the bottle, like, you know, when a baby is full, we are born with these cues that, that innately tell us when our body's full, when we've had enough, when we're hungry. And over time, we get, we start to lose those natural innate cues that we're born with those hunger cues and so we start then we then start eating before we're hungry because it's noon or because we woke up and you're supposed to eat breakfast right so you may wake up and you're not really hungry but you think you're supposed to eat breakfast so you start eating when you're not hungry and when your body doesn't necessarily need it and then it turns into overeating and then you know, then you eat at noon times, noon time because that's when lunch is as opposed to, and then you eat dinner time, but you're not really hungry. But you know, if you don't eat dinner time, you're going to be really hungry and you think you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. And, you know, really, we go through all of these, these ups and downs of truly knowing what it is that our body needs. And so it took me a long time to listen to my body, to not be afraid of being hungry or, you know, stopping when I was satisfied. So the hunger scale goes from zero where you are starving and you are looking for the first thing that you can put in your mouth, right, to stop the hunger pains. And then 10 is where you are so full where you have to unbutton the top button of your pants, right? Think of, you know, Thanksgiving when you overeat or, you know, Christmas, a big dinner. And the food is so good where you don't want to stop eating it because you don't know when the next time you're gonna have this, something that tastes this good, okay? So the hunger scale is that when we eat, we're supposed to eat when, you know, we're about a two. We're not supposed to wait till we're a zero where we're so hungry that you overeat or you eat the wrong things. You're supposed to eat when your body's, you're feeling like a two, like, mm, I think I'm starting to get hungry, right? You're at a two. And then when you eat, you're supposed to stop between a five and a six, like five and a six, where you are satisfied. But most of us eat to we're eight and a nine. And we're so full and we're stuffed and we're sleepy and lethargic. And because we've lost the hunger cues that we've learned when we were children. And so uh, when you really study your body and you cultivate a relationship with your body, you start to learn, you start to relearn these hunger cues where you can now eat when you eat when you're hungry, but not starving, and you can stop when you're satisfied, not stuffed. And so this hunger scale has been something that I've, I learned over 20 years ago, that's really helped me to, uh, to just monitor my, you know, what it is that how much the, the amount of food that I was eating. 
And so bottom line is treat your body with love, with attention, with affection. And honestly, your body will give you that love back. So when you are, as you age and you're still able to do the things that you love, you still have your flexibility and you're, you're still able to exercise and you still have your strength and all of the different things that you've you've sewn into your your body and your health and your wellness, it really does give it back to you later on in life. Number three is drink half of your body weight in ounces of water. Now, this is something that we hear all the time. Drink six to eight glasses of water, right? Six to eight glasses of water. Now, our body is is over 75% water. And so water is something that creates, it really hydrates your body inside and out. Hydration is key. It is key to keeping your organs well lubricated, right? You want to think of your body kind of like a machine. So you want to put the things in your body that are going to give you the most effective, the highest level of output. So if you think about cars, like my Adrian, he's a luxury automobile automobile dealer, right? So uh, he luxury cars take premium gas. When you put in regular gas into a premium car automobile, then guess what? You start hearing all of these tinks and clanks and sputtering because it's not the premium, the clean gas that it takes for the optimum performance of this luxury car. So when you think about your body as a luxury car, you've got to make sure that you put the premium nutrition into the body in order to reap the greatest or the highest performance. So when you put the the cheap stuff into your body, your body is going to be affected inside and out. So drinking half of your body weight. So if you, let's say you weigh 150 pounds, right? That's 75 ounces of water a day, right? 75. So 75 ounces divided by eight is what? I don't know. (laughs) But you want to do 75 ounces or whatever your body weight is, take half of that divided by two. And then that's how many total ounces. Eight ounces equals one cup. So hydration is key. Keeping your organs lubricated, hydrated, it prevents dehydration. It prevents wrinkles and constipation. So it's important for you to drink water. Now I only drink water. And a couple times, sometimes I'll have tea, like when I'm cold or it's winter time, I do not drink coffee and water is it. And some people are like, oh, I can't stand water, right? So you got to try to be a little bit creative. They have where you can actually diffuse the water with different fruit. Um, I have a friend that does, um, you know, lemon and watermelon, lime, um, oranges. And eventually it just is something that you just have to get over the the taste or the lack of taste in water. If you don't think about it, if you think about how it's lubricating your joints and your organs and preventing dehydration, it's preventing wrinkles and, you know, keeps you regular, then sometimes that will help you to just get over the fact that, oh, I really don't like water. 
Number four, keep it moving. Now, I used to love high core, high intensity exercise that made me sweat all the time. So we're talking about kickboxing and, you know, high intensity aerobics and spin class. And I still love them. Don't get me wrong. But my body started talking to me and letting me know that certain exercises were not the best choice for me like they were at one point in my life. And so I remember even maybe two years ago, maybe not that long, I remember taking a a boxing class and literally I was punching on this bag and my joints were screaming. They were so mad at me. They were hurting afterwards. I had to go to a a chiropractor. It was crazy. I was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, even though our bodies are aging, sometimes our minds don't catch up to really recognizing or the, you know, accepting the reality that, you know, my body at 50 does things very differently than my body at 20 or 30 and even 40. And so moving is really important. So when I took that box, that boxing class, it was a kickboxing class and my, my elbows really hurt. (laughs) I started doing Pilates on the reformer and I loved it, loved it, loved it. It's a, it's a little bit expensive, but I loved it so much it didn't matter. And then I wasn't really a fan of yoga initially because I'm like, oh no, this is boring. I don't want to do this. But I, you know, I said to myself that a lot of people in, as they age, they start doing yoga and Pilates and I'm like, at least try it. Give yourself a year. Well, And within that year, I totally fell in love with yoga. And trust me, they are so much harder than you would could even imagine. When you are holding your body weight up when you're a downward facing dog or holding poses for long periods of time and you're completely dripping with sweat, you're like, wait a minute, this is no joke. And even my 15 year old who is foot plays football and lacrosse and he had to take a Pilates and yoga class, um, you know, online. And he was like, whoa, boy, oh, boy, this is hard. And so it really is strengthening your body from the inside out. And it really just helps you to not only reduce stress, but it helps to you to keep your body active, keep the blood flowing and keep things moving. Then number five, skincare. Now, skincare has always been one of my favorites. I've loved since skincare and I, I've understood, I understood the importance of skincare at a fairly young age. And so it is a critical component of overall wellness. People don't realize that skin is an organ and it's the largest organ in your body. And so, so many women don't realize how important her skincare is until she starts seeing those wrinkles, fine lines or puffiness under her eyes or, um, you know, even just looking dull and not bright. But then sometimes when they notice it, it's really late in the game to get ahead of the situation. So I started using eye cream in my 20s. I used moisturizer all over my face, including my neck when I was in my 20s as well. And I did this because one of, uh, I befriended who she's become one of my longest friends and besties where she worked in the, in the beauty care industry. And she was telling me, you need to use eye eye cream. I was like, okay. So I just am a good student and I listened. And then I, you know, I dabbled in a little bit of um, 
Mary Kay and the lady who did my skincare party, she said to always put moisturizer on your neck. Now, why I remember that? I don't know. But I did. I was 24. And and so I've been putting moisturizer, using eye cream and putting moisturizer on my neck for t- over 25 years. Now, one of the things that I think is so awesome is that now at 50, people, one, are shocked when they see me. Two, I know women who are 15, 20 years younger than me who have lines in their neck, right? Or even looser skin on their neck, more wrinkles on their face because, again, we don't realize that hydration, activity, nutrition, listening and developing and cultivating a great relationship with your body is all key to you not only looking younger, feeling younger, and feeling better in your body years, years, years down the line, which is so important. And so people ask me and they compliment me on my skin all the time. And they often ask me what I use. And because I've always loved my skincare routine, I actually being a health educator, I recently learned about a concept called clean beauty. Now, clean beauty is where beauty products are committed to using non-toxic ingredients in their products. So I've used, I use, I've used products from a company called Beauty Counter. Now, Beauty Counter, they are advocates for better beauty. And they're dedicated to getting safer products into the hands of everyone by putting people first and the planet first. Now, I had no idea that there were more than 1,800 questionable or harmful chemicals that are used in ingredients in many of our beauty products, our skincare products, our body products, hair products with over 1,400 chemicals that are banned or restricted in personal care products over in Europe. There are only 38 of those chemicals that are banned in the US. And so what does that mean? That means that most of us are using toxins that we put on our, or using products with toxins that we put on our skin, which is ultimately absorbed in our bodies. Now, there's so much information in the wellness industry, the health, fitness, beauty industry. Like you, it's diff- it's hard to even know all of it. But what I do know is that what we can do to live better, to live healthier, to live well right now is to educate, is to educate ourselves about certain areas, certain things, especially if you know that they are, um, there's a family history around them that you, you do the due diligence and, or do your due diligence and do the research, get the, get the information on how you can make decisions that can give you the best shot, right? To give you the best shot for the best life, the best as far as when it comes to wellness. And so these, uh, one of the things that, that as, as I've gotten older is, or even any of you that are listening, as you get older, the things you put in and on your body the importance of those, it somehow catapults their way all the way to the top 
of your priority list. So eating well, staying active, drinking more water, valuing your skincare routine, learning to love your body and the skin that you live in all become so important. Maybe we've, we took it for granted when we were in our teens or our 20s, maybe even, maybe even our 30s. But as we get older, we realize that we can no longer take them for granted. We can no longer put it on the shelf. We have to make it a priority right now. And so what's important is learning how to be well, how to live well, because pretty is powerful. And so you you can actually, what can you do in your life right now to make you, that makes you feel pretty? What makes you feel pretty and how can you celebrate your beautiful? What is it that you can do? Do you need to do, go through your closet? Do you need to get rid of things that no longer fit? Do you need to, to just throw away things that you no longer like? Do you need to revamp your skincare routine? Do you need to start exercising? Do you need to eat your eat healthier? What is it that makes you feel pretty? What is it that helps you to celebrate your beautiful? Whatever that is, I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you to make it happen today, this month. Bring that focus forward for what it is that helps you prioritize you. One of the things that I realized is that we as women, we, we wear a lot of hats. We do a lot of things well, but one of the things that suffers is our self-care. Many women feel guilty for putting themselves first for even an hour a day, which is a travesty. It is a travesty. We, if, because what happens if we go down? If we go down, the whole ship goes down. If we go down, the whole family starts to unravel at the seams, right? And so we've got to really prioritize our self-care. We've got to learn to listen to our body. Do we need rest? Then we need to go to sleep. Do we need water? Then we need to drink water. Do we need some to move, movement, exercise, eating healthfully? There are so many resources out there that can support you to live your very best life, to to walk in health and wellness and to be well and to live well. But you've got to reach out. Don't suffer in silence. Don't just ignore what what's been there, what's been hurting for a while. Make an appointment with your primary care doctor. Do get to know what your numbers are. What is your cholesterol? What is your blood pressure? What is it you what is your family history? Do you have diabetes or blood pressure, high blood pressure or high cholesterol? What is what are those things? We've got to spend time making it a priority before we are forced to make it a priority. It's never fun when you're forced to make it a priority as opposed to doing it in your own on on your own. And you're doing it before you have to or you're forced to. So pretty is powerful. Pretty is powerful. And what that means is self-care. Self-care, loving yourself, learning to listen to your body, eating, making healthier food choices and moving, exercising, drinking your water and making your skincare routine a priority is paramount. 
And so do it, make it happen, bring it forward and implement it today. And if there's any way that I can help and support you, please let me know. In fact, I want to invite you to go to my Instagram page and it's at wife, W-I-F-E dot wisdom. And I want you to click on the never list. This is the list of toxic, toxic ingredients that are in so many beauty care products or personal care products. And I want you to go to your bathroom, take a copy of the list, and I want you to look at some of the things that you use on a daily basis and see if any of those toxic ingredients are in those beauty care products. Now, it's not to scare you, it's more to bring awareness, to educate you on what's important. And if you are interested in trying out some of these, these beauty counter products, you can go to the same, to my web, to the Instagram page and go to my bio where you click on the link. And then not only will you get the never list, but you will also see the beauty counter products. You'll have a, um, there will be the website. You'll be able to go in and take a look at them because they're amazing. Not only is it toxic free, but they are beautifully packaged. They are in all recyclable glass bottles and the the packaging that it comes in. It's absolutely amazing. I love it, love it, love it. And I think you will too. And so thank you for just allowing me to encourage you as we, as we prioritize ourselves and make self-care part of our daily routine and not apologize for it, not feel guilty for doing it, but knowing that the what we sow into our lives today through eating healthfully, through exercise and activity, drinking water, our skincare regimen, that it is going to the harvest of the seeds that we sow into ourselves now, we will reap them for decades really decades to come because what I did in my twenties, I am reaping the harvest or the benefit of the fruit of that in my fifties, because not only do are people <laughs> shocked when they see they're like, you're 50, but I don't look 50. I don't feel 50 because I took care of these things that I'm mentioning, or I made them a priority earlier on in my life. So it's never too late to start. It's never too late to make yourself a priority In fact, I want to encourage you to do that right now. Love you so much. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, or just maybe it made you feel like you were not alone. And so thank you for joining me. If we are not connected yet, I would love to connect with you over on social media, on Instagram at wife.wisdom. And we can connect there. Please DM me how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you, how it has supported you, how it has been brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of the testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. And if you have not already rated our podcast on iTunes, 
please do so. You would just go to iTunes. You could go down to the very first episode where it will say, write a review. And so by writing a review, it helps other women who are looking for the Wife Wisdom Podcast to find it. And so please rate and review our podcast and it helps other people to find uh, our, our different episodes. So again, thank you so much for not only joining, but continuing to share this with your family, your friends, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next week. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.